Hello and welcome to the Rhythm Changes podcast. I'm your host, Will Chernoff, and this episode is sponsored by Pearson Instruments. That's Brad Pearson, who's a luthier and guitar tech in Vancouver. He's in the South Van area, Marple neighborhood off of Oak Street. I've been taking my instruments to Brad. I highly recommend you take your string instruments to him too, to get them feeling and sounding beautiful. What have I taken to him so far? Well, I've taken my acoustic guitar, my electric bass, my upright bass. I would say Upright bass is probably right smack down in the middle of his wheelhouse because he's a great bass player himself, but he also does a lot of great work on guitars and electric guitars and basses too. I'll probably take a mandolin to him at some point as well or any other instruments that I have around my place or my family's homes because when your instruments feel good, it's always more inspiring to play them. It gets you playing more. So I'd love for you to experience that too. Go to pearsoninstruments.ca to learn more about Brad and his services. That's pearsoninstruments.ca. Thanks to Brad for sponsoring the show. This episode is also sponsored by 12th Street Sound. That's Anthony Santorini in New Westminster, the guy, the recording engineer who produces, records, and mixes your music. And this is the last week where I'm announcing our special promotion together at 12thstreet.ca slash RCP, where you as a listener of this show get an exclusive deal. You can get up to 20% off your next recording project locally here. So Anthony's put that together for bands on a budget and all comers who want to try something different like that. If you have a particularly intricate project, he is still more than happy to give you a discount. Again, to access that offer, go to 12thstreet.ca slash RCP. That's 12thst.ca slash RCP. Act now because we arranged this promotion up to September 30th, 2022, and that is this Friday. So reach out to Anthony now, tell him what you're doing, make sure he knows that the Rhythm Changes podcast sent you. Thanks to Anthony and 12th Street for supporting the podcast. You know, like those amazing classical composers, like if I think about those Chopin preludes, like I was checking that a lot, or Rachmaninoff preludes, and I was like, these tunes, it sounds like they existed forever. It's like, it's hard to believe that someone wrote them. From Montreal to Vancouver, we're featuring a piano player today who is coming to tour in our area who loves tea. We actually compared which teas we're drinking at the beginning of this episode, and we talked about the three albums that her group has made to date. It's a fun ride. I'm excited to hear her live when she comes to the city. And that's up next. You're listening to the interview podcast about jazz and creative music in Canada. Our guest today is a pianist who released her third contemporary jazz trio album, Walls Made of Glass, on September 23rd, 2022. The album features Levi Dover on bass and Louis Vincent Amel on drums, and the trio will perform here in Vancouver at Frankie's Jazz Club on Thursday, September 29th, that's tomorrow night, as well as tonight, Wednesday, September 28th, for those who happen to be near Victoria and Vancouver Island at Herman's. You can also get the album on Bandcamp if you can't make it to any of those and visit the artist on her website and social media, of course. So please welcome to the Rhythm Changes podcast from Montreal, Jean-Tian MG. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to be here uh, today. It's great to have you. I'm looking forward to hearing you in Vancouver. Uh, but I wanted to start with this that I have right here for listeners to the show. I've got a nice mug of tea. I've heard yeah. that you're a tea fan. Uh, 
you've got some too. So I was thinking maybe we could compare beverages here. Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I'm drinking uh, Darjeeling First Flush from uh, India. It's a... Uh, it's like it's a black tea, but it's almost like a green tea, so it's kind of in between, and it's uh, amazing. What are you drinking? Nice, nice. That sounds good. Well, I um, for listeners, I brought the package here so I could remind myself uh, because I decided to go away from what would have been instant coffee this morning and and ramp it up a little bit, be a little bit more classy because I knew you were going to be here, Shantian. Um, <laughs> I I went with uh, a white tea. So a good amount of caffeine. Um, and this this brand of it is called Silver Yeti. And apparently it's from Nepal. So not too far from where your Darjeeling tea would have been, I suppose. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, cheers to that. I <laughs> know. Uh, there you go. Take a sip. Uh, I'm trying to figure out my caffeine intake and different things around waking up and sleep lately because I started a new job recently and I'm waking up earlier than I ever did back when I was performing full-time so I had to think a lot about that and one of the things that I found was well it seems like if I drink the caffeine like a little bit after I wake up it seems to power me through the day a little bit better than if I had drank it like within 15 minutes of getting up like I might want to just ordinarily so I don't know. I know you're interested in like, obviously tea, like we mentioned, that's a cool connection. Um, but uh, exercise as well, you do different things. Do you think about that sort of stuff? Yeah, actually, well, I guess the caffeine intake, it, 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 it became kind of out of control like lately, but normally I try to limit myself now, I guess. With tea, well, part of why I, I really enjoy drinking tea is that I, one thing that I know is that the, the um, the, the the caffeine rush is less intense intense but longer because of the tannins that so it's so, so it's like so i like so if i drink tea, uh, a lot of tea for then i'm going to be like good for a few hours like it's like two time two kettles a day spaced by about six hours it's like basically i'm always under the effects of caffeine which is questionably um healthy but um but that's great <laughs> and once in a while i have a coffee but then i don't like it because it's like I get so, so like, um, it, it's way too intense for an hour and then I need to sleep because it, 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 <laughs> it burns all oh. the, it's, there's something about like the, 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 that the boo, the coffee boost, it feels different to me anyways. Oh, so, it's too intense yeah. or something. Interesting. Yeah. It's like more for, to me, it like feels more sustainable. So, cause it's always a little, but not too much, you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about the touring and about the music as well. But first, I'm curious, can you tell me about your story kind of meeting the other two members of your trio who are coming here to BC, yes. Levi Dover and Louis Vincent Amel. Can you tell me about how you started collaborating together? Yeah. So actually, um, we actually met like in school like a while ago because we were all studying at, at McGill, like McGill the University that has a like a good like jazz program here in in, in uh, Quebec, and so yeah, so we had I think we had a combo together back then, and and that's that's how it started. Like I I played with Louis for many years in school. We for some reason we happened to have every combo we did like what it was always him. <laughs> so yeah, I guess we was just already playing <laughs> with everyone, <laughs> and so so yeah, and then and then so that's. 
guess that was around like 2014 where I started like to compose more uh, seriously and and kind of I wanted to have a band <laughs> you know so so that started yeah I guess in 2014 and and we've been kind of slowly like like you know like playing more and more and and um yeah and I've I've enjoyed this band like a lot like they're well they're both like what's so cool is that they're well they're amazing musicians and they're both also composers and they're very even like you know they're very complete musicians like both of them so it's cool to have like aside from um like to be able like use it's my music I compose but then they really you know they have inside cool inside and now this maybe this we could do it like that or and it's there's also like a, a collaboration that kind of took place like over the years in that way so that's really cool yeah and it's cool to check out all of your albums because it's pretty continuous like you can hear the story all the way through with the same band members and a similar composition approach there's different variations that i could hear along the way and different things that stood out to me from each album and i would say that the recent one was my favorite because it kind of brought out the best of the previous two that's the that's the way i reacted to it at least when i kind of consumed them all in one go like listening to them in advance of this but for you you know those are interesting timestamps like 2017 release for eternal cycle that's your first album wonderland released in 2019 that's the second album and then here we are with walls made of glass so what stands out to you as the either the differences between the two albums or like where they sit in your life on the way like when they came yeah. out yeah, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm, 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 I'm glad. I, I find it so cool that you're saying that because it's. I think it's exactly, it's exactly what it is. Like I was, <laughs> I, I kind of. It's funny how like, well, I guess like every album is like, yeah, it's like a, a picture of, of, of where you're at, like in your at that time in your life and in, in music or whatever, which is often very related. But, um, it's funny because the the I was I was also thinking back to those two first albums and it's like the first album. I guess I I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> no, in a way <laughs> I knew what I was doing, but there was something about it, you know, like something about like when you do something for the first time and also the first album. It's like I guess whatever the collection of whatever um, I had been writing for a few years and then it's like okay now i'm gonna do an album there's something naive about that about the the, the process in a way for me anyways it was a bit like very um instinctive in a way you know like there's something like i wrote the whole album within like five months and then went to the studio for a day and then i just kind of this and it turned out it turned out we were lucky because that that one day like we were really prepared and then something really cool happened and like anyways and then I went in a different phase where I was like, oh, you know, like, no, I really want to, I want to compose, you know? And like, I, the second album, it's much more um, kind of in reaction to the that first one where it's like, okay, I want to kind of, yeah, like maybe have more complex forms and kind of uh, spend more time on, on, on like the details of it and come up with this thing. And it's, and, and, and then, um, and then for the third album, this last one, I was missing. I was thinking about the first, the first album, which was there was, there's a spark that comes from like things that are instinctive. I think you know, you know, I I really believe in like what, if you just listen to what comes to your mind, what 
what comes like whether it's like a very simple melody or whatever and then I was like I really want to like get back to um, that kind of contact with whatever comes naturally and then w of course like I spent a lot of time working on it but it was a bit more um, I really wanted to go on a kind of I don't want to use the word organic, but like, yeah, work, but in a way that's instinctive. So it's like, I don't know, I go for a walk and I just listen. It's, oh, maybe, oh, yeah, maybe this. And there was a lot of uh, fil filtering things and and trying to get to the root of it. Like my, my motto for that last album, I guess, was like I was thinking about um, um, about like you know, like those amazing classical composers, like if I think about those Chopin preludes, like I was checking that a lot, or Rachmaninoff preludes, and I was like, these tunes, it sounds like they existed forever. It's like, it's hard to believe that someone wrote them, because it's just like, it's, you know, it's just like, yeah, this music, it's, it's this is music, you know, it's like, oh, this. I was like, what makes, what, why is that? And I, huh. I, I was like, I guess like, there's not... It's like there's not any note that in those pieces that could that I would get that I could that get rid of or that 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 I could change without r tremendously affecting those pieces in huh. a way. And then I, I, I was kind of trying to 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 work on this last repertoire thinking about that. So if there's anything that I could change or remove or whatever, it means that it's not finished. So I tried to go towards that that so so which made a much longer process in a way because it took a long time to to get there i guess and and it was it was interesting so 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 yeah so i think this album it might be a bit more um uh, i don't know what's the word in english but you know the epuré uh, like yeah there's like maybe more space like more it's kind of more uh yeah like uh, to the root of things you know yeah. like like i i that's what I'm that's what I was going for anyways. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And all that stuff you talked about in that preparation and wanting to really iron out all the songs, that's all in the composition phase for you, right? Like that's before you go in and, and record the yes. tunes. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So and I guess like it was because I wrote all this music in the last so I, I don't want to use I don't like using that word because it's not inspiring, but I was feeling inspired. But during the pandemic, OK, let's say <laughs> I wrote this music during the pandemic, but which was interesting because there was so much time and it was like the first I guess the first time in my in my life that I could really just compose like f even like for a few months in the process of like as a compo uh, in the process of composing the music. I like barely played, like I didn't, I just, that's all I did, like just going for walks, thinking about this music and being kind of obsessed. And it was interesting <laughs> to, to have only that hat, you know, like I'm not like, I'm not doing anything else. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have my life to take care of. Like I, I just, I can just live with this music and see what happens, you know? Yeah, well, it's, I, I say maybe in broad strokes, like if I think about the three albums again, like Eternal Cycle, I mean, I, I think of there being quite a few ballads on that album and maybe it's hard to draw the line at which of your compositions is a ballad because it's not like a singer singing a song at a slow tempo, right? right? But I would yeah. say like just going back to Walls Made of Glass, like maybe something that really feels like one of your ballads to me is Burning Candle, like the second last track, like that is kind of a more free feeling, um, yeah. slower, softer. Uh, arrangement and so there were a few of those on the first album and that 
stuck out to me as kind of one of the moods of the first album. And then the second album I found more aggressive and it featured the members of the trio uh, a lot more prominently. Like there were a lot more bass and drum kind of spots. And so then it's interesting, like you have an intro track and an outro track on Walls Made of Glass, but like the first full track of the new album, the Flowers Laugh Without Uttering a Sound, like that's a pretty intense track. It has like that 5-8 thing, like you could almost call it like the quintuplet swing kind of feel or like the 5-8 the yeah. kind of constant groove. And then there's some other kind of very dynamic uh, arrangements in there. So that's why it's interesting that it combines the two things to me is that the first album has the softer kind of impression that it leaves you with and the second album has the darker one yeah interesting i guess yeah and i i i, I like also the like that like yeah i guess dynamics and and kind of going like to be able to go completely uh, very very high energy and then then the, i guess that that might be like my classical classical uh roots or whatever but it's it's uh yeah and then it's like figuring out how to master this, like do you, if you should leave the dynamics or not. But that's another <laughs> conversation. But it's it's always tricky to, to figure that out, like with sound. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like when you're actually preparing the final tracks from the mixes. Yeah. yeah how much do you crank it up or how much do you flatten it out? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, they're big. They're, they're like crazy choice. I didn't used to think about those things as much. And I guess for that, too, I was like, I started to realize, like, oh, my God, like, yeah. How how the sound how the album sounds really affects the the music basically so it's like and there's a, a lot of choices to be made yeah yeah how did you end up falling on that with this do you feel like you you compromise the dynamics a lot or do you feel like you like oh I want to leave them because it comes across as still being very dynamic whatever you did decide internally no I think we we actually decided to go more leave to leave the dynamic so it's not very compressed um so yeah no i'm really happy how how it came it came across like i really kind of um yeah the master engineer everyone did an amazing job and and i was like with i i brought in a like a piano technician who was like so amazing like he spent like two like two hours on the piano every morning and he made it was crazy. Like I've never seen, it's like a magician. Like he just made the piano sound like just the piano itself. Like, oh my God, I shouldn't have never done that because I set up like way too high standards for myself. Now I'm never going <laughs> to be <a> piano. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm glad about that. I guess like also like after a few recordings like you, it's like you, you learn, like live and learn also. So it's like, when you start, it's it's hard. Like you go in the studio, and it's like, well, it's it becomes a question of luck a little bit at 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 the beginning because you might like be lucky, and 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 the master engineer you hire had the same vision than you or whatever or you. But it's 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 a learning process to be able to express like what what we, what we want like in that way. And I'm sure I'm sure you you know that, but it's it's interesting, yeah. Yeah, that's that's super important. You have a track in the middle of this album called Mesange, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, does this track, I believe uh, I heard, does it have a quote of the theme from MASH, Suicide is Painless? Oh, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe without... I thought I heard that. It's kind of... Oh, in the solo section. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Um... 
I guess it's funny, like, it's happened so often that we quote something without noticing because I guess maybe I've heard it, like, at some point and it just came out. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Because you're influenced by Bill Evans, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's a pian- one of the pianists that I, that I did check about. Yeah. Yeah, I have a Bill Evans story about that album Portrait in Jazz for sure. It's just whenever I think of him... Uh, I think about like his playing on just like swinging tempos and how like even though he was such a a kind of expressive intimate piano player he could also just play swing and and bop lines like at a at a moving tempo with some vigor and like on that track of autumn leaves from Portrait and Jazz I just remember um, so my bass teacher for the time uh Andre Lachance who's been on this podcast here in Vancouver, when he put that on for me for the first time, I just remember like when the time kicked in and when Bill started soloing, like how he like mimed the drums and the face that he made about like how he felt about that feeling, like, which you can't see, of course, if you're listening, but yeah. you can imagine like it's not it's not quite a bass face, but it's like the it's like that swing face. It's like yeah, we're going <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> That's amazing. It's so it's so funny that you're talking about that track specifically because it's 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 the first jazz track that I liked in my life. It's like the the thing that like that I listen like I, to specifically that album. <laughs> like that that's yeah. kind of what brought me into jazz. So that, that's funny that you you're reminding me of memories. Where were school. you when you heard that? I was uh, I was in high school. I was because uh, I'm from a sm- small town like in Quebec and it's called Saguenay, and. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was, like, like, so yes, anyways, yeah, so I was listening to, I don't know how I discovered it, I have no idea, I probably heard the name Bill Evans, and then, you know, I just wanted to check it out, I was studying classical and conservatoire, um, and so, and yeah, and that's where I kind of shifted, started from zero again, I guess, <laughs> that's how it felt anyways. Yeah, and then one of my other favorite tracks was, uh, the moon, the sun, the truth. And we were talking about dynamics. And I think that one is is very dynamic because it has this kind of Afro-Cuban groove or this 12-8 groove, but it's also very soft, which is interesting because mm-hmm. it, it's not like a really hard driving version of that groove. You really have some interesting kind of interplay with it. And it's it's not, it's it's got a big range, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's interesting this one because I, well, I, I, I think... Yeah, I guess I think I, I really wanted to have like three contrasting uh, sections, kind of, that's what the idea of, so the moon, the sun, and the truth. So there's, in my mind, I had kind of, um, yeah, these three things, uh, expressing these these three things. So that that's kind of what, because I think I started with just one section, like the main section, and I was like, oh, what am I going to do with this? And, and I, I think I tried many different things, but then... But yeah, I guess it, 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 it came across and in the end it was, oh yeah, I'm just going to do con- like those sections that, that, that represent those kind of moods, like the, the, it comes from a, it's, it's, there was a quote that, so that I read that was like, um, three things cannot remain hidden for very long and it's the moon, the sun and the truth. It's like a quote from a Buddha. Um, hmm. and I thought it was cool, like, cause there's this, you know, like the truth that's, um, 
kind of trying to resurface so that this that's like very kind of intense like just this thing that 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 we fight against and that um and then the moon is kind of like kind of um quiet and and uh, and uh, comfor comforting and then the sun is kind of in between yeah. in my imagination anyways <laughs> yeah you have another trio title like another trinity title from wonderland from the previous album because you have blue noir sol right on that album yes. any relation there <laughs> that's actually uh blue noir it is actually <laughs> yeah i didn't think of it but i guess blue noir sol was a reference yeah to the sun so it's like sun that's like blue and black i have a thing with the sun for some reason like it's like sometimes it's too intense and it's it's like it it, it it's it's I like it sometimes but sometimes it's I especially in winter I find the sun in winter like makes me a bit anxious. <laughs> anyway, huh. Not anxious but I find it like kind of um it's like too direct, you know, like anyways. So yes, I guess there is a link. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah fun. well it's like when it's cold too i mean here you have a lot of those kind of days when it's not raining because obviously it rains a lot over here in vancouver but in the winter you know i picture these kind of really cold mornings where it's like a totally clear sky and you see the sun and that kind of thing yeah it's very direct like you said yeah and i guess like to hear like i guess because it's the idea to like it's been, i don't know how it is in vancouver but here like especially in winter like there's days where where the sun like it gets dark so early so it's like when it's really bright and it's sunny it's like you know that very soon it's gonna go down and like get dark again so it's like this this kind of shift is <laughs> yeah is uh, I, i've always thought it, it's it's like i'd rather it being like a bit more uh, like constant <laughs> or whatever i don't know <laughs> yeah well i've only been to montreal four or five times in my life so far and i've only been in the months of April, May, or June. So I've been pretty lucky. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Those are like the, this is the best time. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you're performing here. You're performing at Herman's and then at Frankie's. How much time have you spent out here? Not a lot. I've been in Vancouver once to play like a few years ago. So, um, and same thing in Victoria. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, like we're with this tour, we're really playing like every day. So I won't have so much time to visit, but I hope we're going to be able to at least like, I don't know, like go uh, walk around like for, for the day that we're going to be in Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to France too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's so what's the European leg of the, tr of your, the tour like for you? uh we well we have like we're, we're launching the album at the sunset sunside like the like a draft club in, in paris um and then we have a few few concerts like around other towns in france and we have a concert in amsterdam in a like little club in amsterdam and then yeah that's so far now that, that that that's it for this tour but it's it's cool it's like our first time in in france it's gonna be nice to be there and you know like like um probably have a, a few like interviews and like talk about this this music that that's coming out finally and yeah yeah what are you going to uh perform are you going to perform the album in its entirety are you going to play some other standards too is what else is going to be in the repertoire when you come here we're we're probably just going to play the repertoire from the album and if yeah. if, if there's depending how long we play maybe I'll probably add other originals. I find it like more and more 
it I find it harder and harder to match to, to play standards through this repertoire because it's it's I mean maybe if we really feel like it but I I really find that it's like this little universe and kind of so I it's like I, I yeah unless like maybe sometimes I can play standards but in in a way that will kind of fit fit the music but uh but um, yeah probably like mostly definitely mostly originals yeah. I totally identify with that feeling like it would be a challenge to to integrate standards. And so I end up with my current group preparing kind of all original sets for that reason, because the idea of like being able to do it justice and do it right seems intimidating to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's always like just like in terms of like, yeah, I, li I like 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 aesthetics, you know, I, I think a lot about what's, you know, what's what's this group about and what's this music about, not necessarily like the, the inspirations, but just, yeah, just generally speaking aesthetics. And I, it's like, yeah, I, I, I like when things kind of fall into place, uh, like this, this is this concert and this is this band. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited to hear you. I'm I'm going to hear you and, and meet you in person one way or another here because you're coming all the way out to us. So I'm excited for you and the trio. And this this all sounds really great. I really enjoyed your music. And thanks for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah, thank you. I'm super uh, excited. And, and uh, yeah, hope I hope I come across your path yeah. in uh, Vancouver. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Rhythm Changes podcast. I'm actually taking the show on a bit of a break now, and my real announcement for that will be in a bonus episode coming soon. But if you listen this far, just want to let you know that right now, I'm not going to be going weekly like I have been. I'll tell you more about why very soon, but I really appreciate you tuning into this run of the show. It's been phenomenal. The show is not dying. It's still very much here, and I'll talk to you soon. So take care.